Welcome to the Stand Up Tragedy Podcast. My name's Dave and I'm your host. At Stand Up Tragedy, we gather together performers from all sorts of areas of the arts, comedy, music, spoken word, storytelling and more. And we get them to stand up on stage and do some tragedy. Now that's whatever tragedy means to them. And something I like to say to people at the start of a Stand Up Tragedy show or podcast is that it's important to remember that tragedy is about sad things. So consider this a content note. There will be things touched on that will be sad, like death or other sad and upsetting things. We like Stand Up Tragedy to be a safe space, but it's a safe space where we talk about dark and sad and tragic things. Today's episode is the third and final part of Tragic Friends, which was an Edinburgh reunion gig which we had on the 25th of September. If you want to catch some live tragedy, come to the Hackney Attic on the 25th of October for our last stand-up tragedy live show of 2014. It's a Halloween special, Tragic Horror. And we've got a really amazing lineup, including a steampunk storytelling band, The Mechanisms, new popular reciter James Mackay doing a Victorian story that is one of the scariest stories that you'll have ever heard. We've got werewolf erotica we've got music we've got true storytelling it's gonna be a really great night and it's on a saturday which means we can stay out late and we don't have to worry about getting up the next day so come on down to the hackney attic on the 25th of october and now sit back relax get ready to listen to some tragedy this is act three of tragic friends right hello again everybody do you want to sit down and stuff we're going to sort of like just keep cracking on and accept that sometimes people miss bits of tragedy that's how it goes oh if you're leaving don't forget to put some money in the hat people uh there you go brilliant good stuff good example that's an example to follow everybody right so yes welcome to the third and last act of tragedy tonight as i've just mentioned uh remember when you leave if you leave if you have to leave early to catch a train that's a shame i'm really sorry to miss you but uh if you put some money in the I'll be able to pay my performers and I would love to do that so yes um, right and oh yes and uh, add in a little bit of sadmin as well if you like tragedy in performance uh, you might like tragedy written down and we do that over on our Stand Up Tragedy blog so check out uh, our website for that www.standuptragedy.co.uk uh, a, a woman called Angela Shoesmith an important part of the Stand Up Tragedy team who, who isn't here today but she is the editor of that and she is compiling some really great what writing so check that out right so let's bring on our first tragic performer of this act. What? He's in the loo. <laughs> tragic. Uh, okay. Um, Shall we swap? Are you all right to swap around? Uh, Adele, are you all right to swap around? Yeah? Right. Okay, so we're going to put our first performer of this act in a slightly different order than I'd intended. She is really amazing, right? I was so properly impressed and blown away by her. Uh, Like Sophia Walker, who is an amazing poet uh, herself, uh, said to me, oh yeah, I want you to, uh, uh, could could, could you put my girlfriend on? Um, She's better than me. And I was like... (laughs) 
I, I can't believe that someone's better than her, but I, I will put them on. I'm sure they're good. Now, I wouldn't say that they're better than her. I don't believe in competition, but they were certainly as, she's certainly as good uh, as Sophia. And uh, it was an amazing, an amazing moment. She performed in front of like our, our, our least warm audience. The audience just didn't care about anything. Uh, and then she came on and suddenly they had to care. They couldn't keep their hearts closed to the tragedy. She opened them up. And she's going to open you up tonight. That's a weird way to introduce someone. Uh, in- I mean, I kind of own this awkward thing. I hope you're all enjoying it. It's all, it's all I can do, really. It's all I've got. Uh, right. So put your, you can find her at www.adelhampton.com. Put your hands together for Adele Hampton! Hi. Oh, I'm woefully short. That is... Okay. Hey, guys. I don't know how to work microphones yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the cool thing about this night tragedy, um, stand-up tragedy, is that we don't really have this in the States. Um, basically, our version is every single open mic and every single slam that is put on because people think that it's just an opportunity to, like, re-traumatize our audiences. And so that's all we talk about are our problems. So it's really great that you guys have, like, a dedicated, you know what you're going to get. You're just going to be sad. And that's great because all I have are sad poems. So here we go. <laughs> I wish I could say baby like my grandmother. Thick thighs in front of the oven, pies the result of working arms I learned how to cook, sitting on her lap. See, my grandmother's soul traveled where her battered knees couldn't take her, into the freezer, up over stovetop burners, into frying pans and pots she could make water boil without using her legs. So now, the only way I know how to make mashed potatoes and string beans is... Resting on my backside, good food meant I wasn't allowed to leave the table until everything was gone. This is how I learned to clean my plate. Liz Hampton smelled like cheap lavender. Not the kind found in pretty bottles and boutique windows meant for the wives of rich husbands. Nah, hers came unmarked, thick and pungent, a heavy lotion in a short round off purple colored case with a screwed lid so tight You needed the Lord's hands to loosen the lid. I wonder if my father ever found those boxes hidden in a clear box hidden underneath her bed, poised for a use that never came one Sunday morning, cluttered with cerulean clips to hide the bald patches and broken pieces of hot combs, the smell of burning still wafting fresh on their teeth, the screams, squirms, and calls upon Jesus to make the pain stop. This is how I learned how to be beautiful. Some people say that home is where you lay your hat, but with Miss Liz, it seemed more often than not that hearts should be placed on heads instead because, see, my grandmother's home thumped alongside the beat of God's drum, low and soulful. Her chest pumped holy work songs to rhythm footsteps as the Almighty pulled trains along tracks to the promised land. This is how I learned to pray at times. I find myself Scanning my reflection for the traits strangers say we share, but it never seemed as if her teeth smiled back. So instead, I peek beneath my lungs 
diaphragm rising, I find her there bearing the weight of my inhale. She promises to never hold my breath and says, go on and speak, child. We have come too far to be quiet. This is how I learned to be loud. Fifth grade is apparently too young to go to funerals, so I never got to see the church roof sway as they lowered her in the ground. And sometimes I sing amazing grace in the shower so I could pretend like I held hands with blood and faith family as we opened our throats to saline tributes. I don't have the money for brown sugar or sweet potatoes. And Sunday mornings I'm now reserved for lazy limbs and farmer's markets. But when I walk past lavender bushels, I see project housing and a motorized wheelchair. I see arms that are strong enough to hold up babies and Bibles, but thick legs, too weak to walk into kitchens. I see cooking lessons and a righteous jawline. Thank you. Um, so, as, as Dave mentioned, um, my girlfriend, I guess fiancé, fiancé is a weird word, um, it sounds like really pretentious, like, I'm my fiancé, um, no, well, what sucks about it is that we were long distance for, like, two years, and it was horrible, um, but it was great, because we made it, so yay, but, um, I think the most, one of the most tragic things is, like, being away from somebody you love for a very long time and being very far away from that person. Um, Five-hour time differences are a bitch. Um, So yeah, I wrote this when I was sad. (laughs) I used to be hollow. I used to float alone. I felt okay to let myself drift beneath the waves. My mother says that the best way to surf is always with the body. You're parallel to the role of the water, the makeup of the human form being your only way to keep breathing. But I don't hover solitary anymore. Or at least that's how it used to be when we're together. You know, we ride the crash of the water, survive together with salt stick tuck stuck to our teeth. We cling like rock barnacle to each other when the tide rises high, baby, we are bioluminescent, the light created by an oxygenated chemical reaction within organisms. We are the product of our intertwined breath. My love says she wants to live by the sea one day, says she likes to walk beside it in the early morning while I am still sleeping. She says it calms her. The slow drift sway of the water sings sweet tones to the churning of nightmares that keep her restless. But I can't walk beside her these days. I'm stuck behind the gray water walls separated by that great unbridled thing, and it hurts. It feels like my bones are breaking. The marrow giving up its strength to fill what used to be unoccupied. She is ripped out of me like a scream wails out from the throat raw and resolute. She is torn from me, and I... I can't touch the soft bits anymore. I can't reach the nape of her neck to revel in. I miss the rose petal mouth and deep tongue. She is every bit spectacular now taken from me. And I don't know how to cope with the missing. Thank you. And... (laughs) 
Um, to close it out, um, the other thing that sucks balls about being long distance is that there's no sex, um, which is horrible. So here's a poem about that. What? Okay, fuck it. Um, there's something sexy to be said about heat lightning when your body hasn't touched foreign skin for months. Like two Girl Scouts that are rubbing sticks against stone, trying to create holy flame like our bodies depend on it so we don't get eaten by bears or caught by our troop leader. Perspiration, it slips down legs with enough friction to set the sky on fire. Y'all, it was one of those nights that the world was going to end as you try to sleep naked above the sheets and the only time I have ever thanked God for a lack of air conditioning. You know, we say sweat when we talk about sex, but no one ever mentions the salt. And maybe it's because salt crystals don't taste as sweet as sugar cubes. Baby, believe me, when they come from the body, there is nothing more satisfying. And trust me twice when I say, I want to feel your iodine on my taste buds, butterflies are too drastic for this thumping inside my bones. So I try and say settle down to the grasshoppers in my stomach. Every time your tongue jumps my skin, I won't be gentle when I pull your hair. I won't be gentle when I press my lips to mouth, muscle, and collarbone. I won't be gentle when I claw your back with teeth-bitten nails because I'm trying to etch my fingerprints onto the only thing I have had control over in months. We were never meant to withstand this kind of heartsick and fucking is now the only way we know how to remind ourselves that my heart once fit in your heart, regardless of the fact that we had nothing else in common. So that's why when you asked me to come into your apartment, I went so far as the bedroom, avoiding eye contact with your picture frames. I didn't linger long enough to notice that the scent on your pillow matched the taste of tar, carbon monoxide, and bad decisions on your tongue. I know that I am no permanent fixture here, that I hold no stock in your heart and Fuck, I don't pretend to know shit about economics either, but I can tell you that salt lines, like money, don't stretch as far as they used to, so I'll take these sheets for now and I'll walk away with your skin cells, so clench me, woman, with knuckles strong enough to grasp whole bodies. I am rock solid, and I'm ready for your palms, so just take me. Thank you. Joe Hampton, everybody! And it proves that she actually did open us all up. I felt quite opened up there. Um, right. Whew. Right, well, <laughs> our next performer, uh, he is another amazing spoken word uh, performer. Uh, he, he, it was my pleasure uh, to have... Uh, Eddie Peppertone, who kind of coined the phrase stand-up tragedy, uh, and I sort of went, ooh, that's a good night. And then I managed to get him on the stage at Edinburgh, which was kind of crazy to me. It's like the father of the show is like on my stage. Uh, and the next person on after Eddie, who did a brilliant stand-up tragedy set, was uh, the next performer. And he, he, he was, blew me away in that moment. He always blows me away. But just in that moment, I was like, I don't need these celebrities this is all I need. This, this man is all I need. Uh, wow, my intros are very strange today. Uh, so, 
Yes, the only man I need, everybody. You can find him at zone126.blogspot.co.uk. He's Keith J on Facebook. Put your hands together for Keith Jarrett! Wow. What an introduction. Um, yeah, um, yeah. The tragic thing is... Um, I've got one of them names. It's a famous name. And, um, and uh, I've been added on Facebook, um, which is why I changed it to Keith J, because I've had too many people add me on Facebook and say, oh, you're black. And I, I, the first time that happened, I thought, that's a bit of an odd thing to say. Then I realised that um, actually there's a famous jazz pianist called Keith Jarrett. And um, some curious minds will, will think that I'm, I'm probably named after um, Keith Jarrett the jazz pianist and I wasn't um, and some people who know my dad but don't know me will think that I was named after my dad and I wasn't this is the true story of how I got my name for my birthday they rescued my name from a bargain bucket in Barking too cheap to afford a new one dog-eared and ragged they wiped it down best they could said I was an old soul anyway I would have been a Lindsay, Russell, Daniel, or a Curtis, but they gave me this one to suckle on, so I chewed, bit, kicked, and rattled it till it tinkled out jazz piano lullabies on my baby stool. I carried it to school on my shoulders. My friends like to call it Jarrett the Parrot, Keith the Chief, and Mellow Man. It was the way its yellow eyes shut on top of class desks. I guess it was because it lacked focus. Older now, it became a pet I couldn't bear to hear barked out on buses. I tried to drown it in the River Thames. It still skulked behind like a bad wind. My name was too dirty, too old, too much like my father. At home, I was LK, Daniel, Junior, D, and anything but my name. But my name got bigger and grew claws, stretched to five foot eight inches tall and became solidly built. It swallowed me up and (coughs) belched proudly, leaving me where I still remain, trapped inside. My name is now writing poetry, last I heard. Tells tall tales about its origins. Far from the land of its adopted parents. Far from the bric-a-brac stalls lining East London streets. It can be found tracing its roots back to some old Celtic village where it once meant something. Thank you. Um, I'm going to kind of follow on from the sex because we all like sex, apparently. Um, and... Um, and I really liked Faye's um, um, like, kind of message to her, her queer teenage self. And, and if I was going to give a message to any queer teenager, I'd say that, um, judging from Grindr, um, <laughs> gay people can be wankers too. Um, random profile, okay? Random profile. No time wasters. No fats. No femmes. And no offence, I have black friends, but sexually they do nothing for me. Just the way it is. I'm not racially prejudiced, but no Asians either. No one under eight inches. No size queens, please. No pic collectors. No one who, isn't, who doesn't send at least 20 pictures, but no dicks. No arseholes. No time wasters. No stupid questions like, what are you into? Read my list. No queens, no queers, no twinks, no bears, no gym bunnies, no baggage. No strings to tie it down with. No kink. No whips. No kissing. 
definitely no kissing, no bad breath, bad hygiene, bad attitude, no rude people. I am not afraid to tell you where to get off. No under 25s, not over 21s. No lying about your age, no lying about your weight. You are a big fat liar. Yes, you know who you are. I've blocked you already. No ping pong emails, no replies to hi. Say something interesting. No average. I don't do average. No marriage proposals from Nigeria. No inferior people. No total subs, no total tops, no verse. And even worse if you say you're one thing and turn out to be another. No undercover closet cases. No married, no attached, no mismatching eyebrows, no piercings, no tats. No one who hasn't seen a razor in the last week. No one who hasn't seen the inside of a gym in the last day. No one too thin, too short, too dim. No one who can't hold a decent conversation. No one who talks too much. This is a cruising site. No low lives. No unrealistically high expectations. I'm not a model. I'm not an oil painting. And I'm not an unreasonable boy. In fact, I'm not a boy at all. Especially spelt with an I. Why? Oh yeah, no chavy greetings like what's up or hey mister. My list could go on but I don't want to sound picky. And if you've taken the trouble to read this far, then well done for being one of the very few literate people on here. This site has been going downhill for years. I don't even know why I'm bothering. You're probably a time waster anyway. Thank you. So this one is a bit tragic because I wrote it when I was a bit sad up in Edinburgh. Um, (laughs) as you do Um, and it was, yeah after I've protested outside embassies after I've bought badges and signed petitions and wondered whether my details will land in guilty hands after I've been elbow bumped by bulky banners and bellowed mantras shame on you, shame on you, shame on you after I have read and seen red and been ambiguous after I've drained myself of pride and piss in a discreet corner over a drain and after I've been that drain and after I've refilled at the pub and after I've spilled my stories on merry festival stages and after I've once again pulled my tongue from out of the custody of its thirsty mouth and after I've drunk and after I've been promised living water and hellfire by the same preachers and shame on you has been become my personal mantra praying on my lonely and then after I thought that if Jesus couldn't save me, maybe feminism would. And after I burnt my bra quietly with my chest still inside, and after the smoke inhalation, and after I've singed everything, and I can no longer pull myself out by my shortened curlies, and after I can no longer pull myself out of the protest march, or pull myself out of the bed on a morning, and after, and after... And after R. Kelly, after believing I can fly and learning I damn well can't, and after believing in myself when I could no longer believe in truth, and then believing in the divination of tongues locked against each other during one night stands, and after breaking my bed during an adventurous handstand and after trying unsuccessfully to watch breaking bad and then breaking bread in restaurants with old university friends where the only flowing conversation is do you remember when you got drunk and vomited all over my room and after vomiting in that room and promising never to drink drink again and after drinking again and not from vomiting and after vomiting again but not from drinking and after returning to the broken bed and after the second coming and after erasing all religious references and downplaying all cultural contexts and negating all 
the adverse effects of history to justify genocide. And after I've been muttering, history keeps repeating. History keeps repeating. Until my tongue is dry and after I've drunk again. And after I've become a full-blown slacktivist and deliberately avoided a protest because I have no voice left to shout with. And consequently, after I've buried my tongue somewhere else instead. And after I absentmindedly wrote you a poem after that. And after I burnt that poem and felt the hairs on my chest singe one more time and after shame on you shame on you has worked its one size fits all magic on my consciousness I have forgotten to roll back the progress of time and release the pressure on my head which is always so angry always gets rubbed up the wrong way by the well meaning because after I've bartered some of my anger for vulgarity and some of my sadness for sarcasm and I still feel short changed and after I mean before I mean, during these mean days when I have to endure the weight of a double-decker bus on my eyelids every single time I leave my bed, and before the violence, and before the violins start playing, and before the drumbeat begins to really kick in, and the euphoric crowd high on ketamine, MDMA, methadrone, alcohol, and life jump up in unison with one hand in the air, and before my cry is drowned out by the stomp, and you forget I was even here, I just wanted to say, never look down. Thanks. Um, okay, I think, great. So I'm going to leave you with this, um, which is to any poets that might be remaining here. You've been writing poetry again. I can spot that leaky pen on your lip from miles away and your tongue with the stale taste of metaphor still on, which you've tried to brush away. The verses linger still in your kiss. You've been writing poetry again. Don't worry, I can tell it's that fingertip smell, that keyboard stain, the pinky poised above delete, pushing out your veins. Why this fucking vein obsession? Lines layered with double meanings and painstakingly revised, which you pat into shape and you stanzadize. If words are your food, why do you play with them? Why do you use them as tools to confuse and condense? You've been writing that intense poetry again. There's a rhyme in your mind and a line in your eyes that I can trace. I can see it in your face because there's a rhythm that you're tapping and it's just not mine. You've been writing poetry again. Yeah, I know you by now. I can hear it in your addiction, your dirty addiction to watching couplets form. Your smile as a simile emerges, your urges to splurge your emotions onto innocent sheets. You've been at it again, ally. It's that telltale tick of the head as puns pull up seats on the screen, the debris of undeveloped phrases onto pages as you spit, feeling into words and shuffle meaning into verse. You've been injecting rhythm into those lines. You're just a meter away from lunacy. And it's pathetic, the way you keep dressing things up in imagery and symbolism. Because let's face it, you're only inventing new rhymes and new ways to say the same old things. Like you're in love, or like you're scared, like you're angry, like you're confused. Because you don't understand life's rules, so you use poetry as a ruse to redraft it into metrical form. And it isn't normal. It isn't normal at all. Yes, you've been writing on the walls instead of fighting in wars. Your big gripping hands should be handling concrete grit. You should grit your teeth and grin and bear shit. You should be more functional. You should be more like your brother. You should be less of a dreamer. You should be clean and more productive. So shut down your PC junk. Pack up your dictionaries. Close your books. Unsquint your eyes and look. Look out at the world. Go on. 
Brave the cold daylight of the outside without the cloak of illusion, without the joke of your delusional imagery, without the hope of a simile or metaphor, without the seasoning of rhymes to waste your time. You should be ashamed of doing the strange things to language that you do while the earth still turns, while cities riot and burn. You should learn that life isn't a blank page for you to scrawl your doo-doo ideas on because there are too many wrongs to write. So, good night. Keith Jarrett, everybody. Someone who I'm glad has been writing poetry again. So yes, so we're, like I said at the beginning of the night, we're going to end with a, a sing-along. We're going to end with me singing a song. Normally it's a sing-along. Today it's kind of going to be a stand-up-along. Because um, I don't know if anyone's seen me do this song before, but uh, does anybody know what a platform game character is? Oh, yeah. Wow, a lot of people. That doesn't often happen to me. So that's good. Uh, I assume some people probably don't know what a platform game character basically platforms are when you jump from one platform to another like Sonic the Hedgehog or Super Mario that sort of thing so now you people who didn't know they know Uh, right now know so what I want you to do everybody now normally I would say I want you to shut your eyes and imagine that I'm your favourite platform game character but tonight for one night only we're all going to stand up uh, together Stand up, wow. Someone once uh, gave me a review, it's, it's like assembly time with a mad RE teacher. And I, like to, I like to prove that every time uh, without the problem. I don't like the word mad, it's problematic to me because uh, I am a little bit mad and I don't like people using it, you know, as an insult. Anyway, we're all standing, that's good. Right, so what I want you all to do is imagine that you are the last platform game character that ever existed. Wow, you're definitely going to choose Sonic. Uh, Sonic's strong over there. They've even got a picture of Sonic. They're that, they're that attached to Sonic. Uh, other, other platform games characters are available. Super Mario is the most appropriate one because uh, that's the N64 was the last uh, console uh, that had cartridges and so that's relative, relevant for the song. But you don't have to choose Mario. My favourite Sonic too. Anyone you want, you're imagining that you're them. You're trying to jump, but you can't. If you know the words to the song or the chorus, join in. But generally speaking, it's just going to be awkward. We're all standing and trying to jump as I sing. Uh, right, uh, half. Uh, could we play that track? <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so this is called The Last Platform. My face is smiling That's how they program me These pixels, they are dying The world disappears slowly Dust fills the cartridge Jungles and mountains disappear I tried to jump onto a ledge But it's no longer there I want you to feel your characters No one plays this anymore No one plays this anymore Oh, no one plays this anymore They have forgotten me They have forgotten me My friends and my enemies They all went first Leaving me all alone on the screen Walking through empty landscapes Remembering what we had been It used to be bright, the mute didn't stop 
And if you died, you just got up again I didn't realise that things could change That the game could ever really end Feeling now, everyone's got to feel this. Dust fills the spaces, making everything glitch. Glitching, everyone, glitching. I'm separated forever. You can't control me anymore. This is the last platform, and I cannot jump. This is the last platform. Why can't jump this is the last platform and I cannot jump this is the last platform why can't I jump I've forgotten my name and the name of the game soon you will forget me too you'll put me away because I don't work and you have new and better things to use Things that don't age and don't break Things you think will last forever But listen to me, learn from my fate They said the same things about me However, no one plays this anymore No one plays this anymore No one plays this anymore They have forgotten me Me now we're all dying. Joe down to the floor to seat. Excellent uh, spectrum reference there at the end of the thing. Give you a oh, wow, wow, wow. That's not that's not supposed to happen. Wow. Can I get a bit of? Wow. Is everything gone, half? Nothing is working, half. Is anything working? I can't hear myself. Oh, there we are. Right, well done. Uh, so, yeah, then if we play the outro music. So, uh, this is the kind of the time in Edinburgh that I do the, the bucket speech. This is kind of the London version of the bucket speech. So, uh, if you've had a really good time, uh, consider giving us some money to pay the actors who've provided that good time. Um, it, 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 you know, no one's well off, so no one's expecting lots of money. But if you've got money, you know, share it around. Uh, you know, this is the time to, to support the arts because the government ain't going to fucking do it, so we have to do it and then not let them come to play because we've done it ourselves and they can fuck off, right? But, so there's, there's, the re there's that reason we have to support the arts. There's the personal reason of supporting fellow human beings. Anyone who saw her in Edinburgh will know I lost my job earlier this year. I shouldn't have gone to Edinburgh. I lost money anyway. So if you want to give me money to help up for the make up for that, please be guilt tripped into doing it. Uh, in the, the excellent style of my mother, I've learned well to guilt trip large groups of people to do things. Uh, as I'm singing, it's time to go. As you go, think about the fact that we're at Stand Up For Tragedy on Twitter and uh, you can find us on Facebook also I remember I've released an album Bounty Poppy Songs about death really love you to listen to it uh, that's free to £10 you get Tragic Scent £5 you get a t-shirt couple of quid you get a party popper or a really excellent fanzine done by Liam Wilday our resident fanzine drawer uh, you can get my album as well for £5. So just stick some money in, grab some loot, you know. Why not? Let's have a kind of nice looting to end the night. 
a nice looting. Thank you very much. The tragedy is over. Now remember, you can follow the tragedy at Stand Up for Tragedy on Twitter. You can make friends with the tragedy or like the tragedy on Facebook. We're Stand Up Tragedy over there. You can read the blog posts that we send out, of which we including tragic fiction and tragic non-fiction and keep up to date with all things tragedy related over at www.standuptragedy.co.uk and if you want to support the tragedy financially you can do that over there by donating to the tragic cause don't forget to come to the live show tragic horror at the hackney attic on the 25th of october the tickets are already available, so check out the Hackney Picture House, get some tickets. They're £5 in advance, £7 on the door, so it pays to get your tragedy early. Next week, we'll be taking a break from the podcast while we gather together the audio from Tragic Horror and get it together. So we'll have a week's break, and then we'll be back with some more tragedy in podcast form. But for now, the tragedy is This podcast was put together by me with sound recording by Stephen Harvey and music from Sam Wilkinson and George Bruffle.